Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>
uh, screwy. Well, we went to our local movie tavern and I was able to get like F789, which are dead set. Like that's the mixing seats. Mm-hmm. So I yep. was literally right in the middle and we all remarked after we left how great the sound was. So there's the irony yeah. in that. <laughs> there, there's the balance. It was, and, it was hey, amazing. listen, but you yeah. know what you didn't have? You didn't have teenagers yelling things in the back of the theater or the couple next to me talking and playing on their phone the whole movie either. So yeah, I, I feel got, like I, I, I must have had a better I, experience. I win on that. <laughs> you know what I do have Does though? no Speaking... one teach and follow theater etiquette anymore? <laughs> Kids these days. Right? Yeah, I know, I know. But um, speaking of potential interferers, today I have Enola the podcast dog and Thomas the podcast dog in my right. recording space. So we're going to need photos. Dog to claim. I can handle that. We're going to need to do photos to post when this episode drops. Um, but yes, so listeners at home, taking a, we're going to take a little bit of a break from our normal discussing, creating, and... Um, game design uh, learning process that we are venturing out on. And we're going to talk about the release of Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, um, which just came out, directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, written by Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly, and Michael Gillio, and starring a whole bunch of people, uh, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Roger Jean Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant, Chloe Coleman, and others. And wait, Sophina was played by Daisy Head. Um, so those are all of our main characters. So Josh, yes. So, so let's start by doing. Let's start by doing a non-spoiler review, and then we're going to kick everyone out of the room. Yeah, and we'll do a spoiler review. All right. Okay. Okay. So that looks like you might be drinking a Dr Pepper from I, the fountain. I am. <laughs> I'm. I'm actually really jealous of your fountain Dr Pepper. Okay. All right. Non-spoiler review. Yes. Go. Um. Okay. So. I will. So it was. It was great. Very entertaining. I think it really covered. Um, it was a D and D movie, but it wasn't constantly in your face that it was a D and D movie, which I thought was really nice. Um, thought it was a little. I did. I. I will say. I think I told you. I thought it was a little bit slowish in the beginning. Um, however, if you have somebody who may be more casual, once you get once you get to the paladin, I mean, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Once was yeah. it Reggie? Reggie's. Reggie's. Yeah. Once Reggie Jean up, Page. What a great character. Characters were awesome. I thought the pacing was good. Just an overall entertaining movie. Yeah, I think it's a real... And I'm the same. I'm right in the same place. I, I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't like blown away or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it was really good. It was highly entertaining. I would see it again if it came on TV. It's one of those movies where, again, I, I always put it to that metric of if I'm flicking through channels and it's on, will I stop and watch it? Yeah, and there are a couple of movies like that, you know, like John Wick. I, that's I don't so consider funny. John Wick to be an incredibly good film. The first one, the, yeah, first, the first one, one before it became from a universe. Brain. You just exactly. Lifted. I was just going to say know. John Wick is I that is the perfect example. The first it's, one it, to me, it's about the level of of John Wick. I see it on. I'm like, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, because... I'm going to watch the first one. It has yeah. a better story. Everything's just more it's, fun. It's, I really like the first John Wick movie. Uh, yeah, it falls it very. Yeah, it's. It's, of course, different tone, but it is that similar. Well, I'll always watch that when that's on. Mm-hmm. And good, that's how I feel about this movie. Yeah, good background movie. Um, just if you want to have a movie on, but maybe chat with people and, you know, still, you know, every once in a while get drawn to watch it. This is really good for that. Mm-hmm. Which is to say it is also, not the greatest film ever made. <laughs> but, but we weren't actually shooting for it to be the greatest film ever made. And right. I comparison is the thief of joy. We should, yeah. I don't, you know, no, totally. we steal from a great philosopher somebody that's you you're the one that told me that um (laughs) but the 
the the fact that the movie was as good and entertaining as it was was very encouraging. You know, I've seen headlines calling it Game of Thrones for the family and things like that. And that's what kind of there was a space for um, yeah. in a lot of films. We're, we're getting to the point where we're getting a lot of kind of superhero fatigue. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. I, I mean, and I never thought that I'd be like, oh, people who complain about superhero fatigue are, are being silly. I'm No, I mean, I got it a little bit. Yeah. Um, Me and my youngest so were just talking about how we feel like when Guardians of the Galaxy comes out next month, that that will really cap off kind of our interest in superhero movies. Like it would take a, a lot because we're really seeing that as the final chapter of like the Infinity Saga, mm-hmm. you know, because it's going to kind of it's the last one to tie up any of that stuff. You know, um, you know, you got out of Endgame. Well, what, what ended up happening with the Guardians? You know, it's going to be it. And then after that, right. mm, I'm good. But this is. This is nice to have a different option, mm-hmm. intellectual property wise. That is something right, different. and I would be perfectly happy. Do you know what it reminds? It's like Willow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just kind of a a fantasy movie yeah. that everyone in the family can watch. It'd be nice to see fantasy pick up as a popular genre to throw out on movies and things like that. Yeah, because um, right now fantasy lives sort of in the in the TV space. So mm-hmm. I'd love to see it transition into the film space. Yeah, and yeah, being that more, would be great. more common. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's nice because the one thing about this movie that I, again, spoiler-free, that I really felt was it felt kind of unmessed around with. Right. You know, I feel... It didn't, it didn't seem like it was very meddled with. Yeah, it didn't feel like this was made by committee so much. You know, there, mm-hmm. there wasn't any point where I'm like, well, they obviously did that part because they want to be able to sell that as a toy. A- anybody right. who was in it seemed pretty organic for the most part. I, I understood why they were there. I didn't feel like they were like, oh, well, they're just making another setting so that they can, you know, throw it into the video game or, or whatever. You know, I didn't feel mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah, no. And I think it was designed, you know, it was... I'm, I'm sure it follows, you know, as someone who's not a screenplay writer, I'm sure it follows a lot of formulas of screenplays. But again, the it all it needed to be was a good time. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately that's how we need to look at it. It was a good time. I really enjoyed it. I thought all the actors did a great job. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're on the fence and wondering if you should see it or not, the answer is, of course, yes. It's definitely Absolutely. worth the price of admission. So It has enough there for, you know, uninterested parties casual people and um anybody who's more hardcore than casual is never going to be fully happy anyway <laughs> correct <laughs> you know what i mean so there's nothing right. you know i could sit there and go well geez that was an awful lot of spell slots in one <laughs> you know for right i was gonna time. i was gonna say like you know people complaining about uh you know number of wild shapes that that kick up but um yeah this is a movie it's a movie yeah and it's fun. exactly and they also don't and I will get into this more when we get into the uh, when we kick everyone out of the room and we do the spoiler review. Yeah. But I want to talk about a couple things like spell slots and and mm-hmm. wild shapes and so forth and so on. Um, I would just encourage people to, like I said, enjoy it. Don't be pedantic about it. Right. Just, like, I mean, you are still seeing Dungeons and Dragons the movie. It is. It takes place in the Forgotten Realms on the Sword Coast. They, they, you. The dialogue is peppered with. Um, uh, now I can, you can't call them call you can't call them Easter eggs. They are just world elements spoken with. You know, we'll we'll go. We'll just we'll get out of here. We're going down to Baldur's Gate. You know, it's yeah. And just hearing that was fun mm-hmm. because it's not like Baldur's Gate. There was no forced exposition for all these things. There was no. Well, again, there's a couple more of these we'll talk yeah. about in the spoiler. Well, it was but, join us in a world we're already living in. Exactly, yeah. and it didn't take a whole bunch of a bo- whole bunch of time to belabor explaining it. Right, it like, was like this is just the way it is. This is the world. Figure it out. There's ostriches with beaks that look like axes. Get Figure it? it out. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, I was really wait I was for it. Very surprised, and I don't. Okay, An I'll beat. save it because I'm not sure if it's a spoiler to say it. But okay, um, one yeah. element there was an element of Chris Pine's character that really surprised me that they put that mm-hmm. in there and they just kind of let it set. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the group that he's a part of. Oh yeah, you sure, know? sure. And they didn't. They could have spent a lot of time on that and trying to mm-hmm. dig in all the details. But it was like, nah, it does, it's not important. <laughs> one of my absolute favorite elements of the film. This is just something you know I reflect on. Um, is and this this comes from uh, learning and growing as a consumer of media uh, inspired by my wife. And it was that I absolutely adore that the two main characters are a completely platonic relationship. They're, oh, they're I always love a best that. friend, mm-hmm. man and a woman. Yep. And there is n- they don't even try for a second. It's just their best buds. They're they say right at the beginning, like brother and sister. They're friends. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it's a story built on two characters in a friendship without forcing a romance. I know there was no romance. Actually, um I yeah. My one kiddo uh Rowan came out that was almost the first thing they said that they liked about it. it was like at yeah. no point did they try to just make any romance in it because it wouldn't have made sense mm-hmm. um there's some awkward stuff with uh justice smith's character and yeah, but, uh the okay. druid there but, but it was minor minor awkward yeah 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 so that said i, I feel like i want to not worry about spoiling things for people yeah so if you're here for the spoiler discussion and you don't want to hear it it's time to leave the room yep. because in about five seconds we're going to start spoiling stuff okay there all right, are they gone? Yeah, I think they're. I think they are. I mean, if they are, okay. it's on them at this point. I heard the door close. Yeah, definitely. So, um, okay, spoiler reviews. So, you know, we've never done a movie review. Do we just start off at the beginning? I, that, we're gonna. That we're, prison yeah, was just, awesome. The prison was awesome. It was just what prison it was is cool. That? Now, okay, wait, hold on. You talk about the prison and why it was awesome while I figure out where it was go- where yeah. it is. So, what was so cool about it is that we would have been fine. And this is a, mo- a thing the movie does a lot. So, so in the beginning it shows what would ends up being a half orc and it was debated this the the opening of this movie is very much and I don't know if it's on accident, it's very much a Jurassic Park homage. It okay. is it is the fitting the raptors into the cage, you know that initial because they pull the um the heavily armored cart up to the door. And they have men on every side and they wait until they can, it's locked into place and then they lift. It's just like in the beginning of Jurassic Park when they're trying to get the raptors into the main thing. But this prison could have just been a prison and I would have been fine and you would have been fine. But they give it all these unique little traits like the uh, this half orc steps off. And he's giant. Turns out he's a half orc. I thought he was an orc. You thought maybe he was a bugbear. Apparently it's in the middle. It, yeah, it's it's a half orc yeah. according to the director's Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. So by the way, okay, yeah. so it's Revel's End. Revel's End is a prison built on the cliffside overlooking the sea of moving ice and frozen far region of the north. Okay. It was used uh, to inter some of the Sword Coast's most heinous criminals. And this is from the Forgotten Realms wiki. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, I liked how when they put him in the shackles, the shackles were like on that track. Yes. That was cool. Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, that is and, really um, neat. It was, it was just, it was a really cool prison. It looked awful. Yeah. It looked awful. But what I liked about that, the the shackles on the track, and again, maybe that's something from the game or not, but what I liked is it it, it also, it shows that D&D is both a magical world, but also a practical world. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have just had him being bound by a wizard or some kind of spell. Sure. And we have that later in the game. We have magical manacle, you know, yeah. magic blocking manacles. Yeah. But it's it was nice to just have like, no, you're just chained to the floor, so you can't pull out a, pull anything. Right. And that was a very cool prison, and it could have just been a prison. 
And I think everyone, I wouldn't have thought anything of it, but that they gave the prison personality, which I think is one of the strengths nerd wise of the movie is that you really feel that this is a fully fleshed out world. We're just seeing a couple people, but there's a lot going on here. Yeah, they didn't spare, they didn't like do like anything. There was no point where they seemed like they were going, just, I don't know, put a castle on the, and just, just, no, they like, no, it's this. And they evidently had people who were like, well, it feels like when they were writing it and designing it, they had the wiki open. Right. There's, there's a lot of intentionality throughout the whole thing. Like exactly. nothing just seems like they were, again, it doesn't seem like it was made by committee where like some Paramount exec was like, hey, oh, and make sure you put in, don't we have a cute cuddly creature? Put in a cute cuddly creature, which, right. I mean, although we did get a cute cuddly creature later in the movie. Who am I think? Who am I we have several. We have, there's the baby rust monsters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you miss the baby rust monsters? Did I? What were When it? they were be Okay, so we'll get to that. I'll okay. tell you when they come up in the movie. So we have our characters. Yes. They are getting ready for their chance to get paroled. Yep. And 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 now everyone and their and their partner is going to put a Jonathan the Aracocra. Mhm. Um, yep. It wasn't an Aracocra, was it? No, it wasn't Aracocra. No, he's a Kenku. Are you sure? Oh no, he he would have. No, Kenku can't fly. Aracocra. That's right, Aracocra. He must be an Aracocra, but he looked like a Kenku to me, so I assumed he was a Kenku. It was a black bird thing. Eh, You know me, an animal species. Yeah, that's so. um, But you know, in that prison scene, we do establish the two main characters essentially: um, Chris Pines, a brains and brawn duo. Yeah, and and they and they stick to that. You see that. Holga is the woman of action character. Yeah. Is the- and and they do play with her not being a very intelligent character, although they're all not very intelligent. Yeah, they're characters. not the brightest. Bo- I mean, they, like, it's specifically placed right in front of them that they're not the most intelligent character. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, it, and it, it, it tracks with the party members and the classes that are presented in it, because mm-hmm. even at their most, you've got a, what is it, a druid, a sorcerer, a barbarian, a, a bard, and a paladin. Mm-hmm. None of those are high intelligence and I know, I know, and I was thinking that too. I was just like, oh, because the the um that later on scene that was in the commercials with the intellect of hours, the intellect of hours, yeah, well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> but um, so yes, they're they're up for parole. They clearly have some kind of plan. Yeah, it's a nice bait and switch because they're like, oh, we want Jonathan to hear us because he's going to be the one that is sympathetic and then it turns out to not be about sympathy it turns out to be about he's got wings and they just grab him and jump out a window it's just a very it's very very fun yeah and like we said the other night when we were chatting that's to me that's just a very D &D thing you know they rolled a persuasion check they nailed it but they had already taken the time to come up with this but we were gonna let you go i know (laughs) you know they had come up with this whole plan and they were gonna do the plan um they never they never planned around the persuasion check working and then <laughs> they jump out the window because we're gonna do our plan because we came up with our plan we're doing our plan and you know then they jumped out the window that was great but yeah. it was a really fun little tool to give you why they're in prison how they the got backstory to where they are. relationships um yeah. i will say if you're a person who goes to a movie and you get annoyed at you know exposition dumps and backstory thing yeah, you might get a little fed up you might be wondering how i got here yeah exactly yeah it's it's very much a, a record scratch you might be wondering how i got here kind of moment and they do um, quite a it's bit fine to it. no i t- think it's totally great because it was either that or some kind of crawl in the beginning that tried to cover everything or narrator mm-hmm. or something I, I, yeah so we get that chris pine's character is a harper or former harper which i think was really neat and they didn't belabor yeah. it too much it's like he's a harper y- yeah if exactly. you know what a harper is great if you don't doesn't really matter <laughs> You know, I thought they were supposed to be a little bit more secret than they were presented. But yeah, they were pretty out in the open. Movie uh-huh. Harpers. We're Harpers. We're a secret society. They're a secret society like Freemasons are a secret society. Exactly. Earth 19999 of D&D. <laughs> um, uh, there's a couple. Th- so they, they go to they go to Neverwinter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which looks fantastic yep. uh, as a city. Hugh Grant's character, I'm glad that they don't like tr- really, really try to make Hugh Grant's character at any point seem like he's actually going to be a good guy. Um, yeah, and he does, the, a, he's a really fun villain, I think, the way I, I really enjoy fun. watching Hugh Grant. I doubly en- enjoy watching Hugh Grant in press junkets. Have oh. you watched Hugh Grant in any Never. of the press junket? No, I have not. However, I can imagine because I did get the weird, awkward, you're a hero for coming to movie theaters before. Oh my God. Didn't he look so angry oh, to be having to sit there and film that? So disinterested in it. And it, it, it just, none of them seemed super pleased, but he seemed the least pleased by oh, a he, mile was not having it and if you watch he's just i mean that's basically his new thing that you see come up a lot with his name is he's just kind of a curmudgeon when it comes to questions because according to him he just hates stupid questions did you see the knives out one where the lady on the (laughs) so it was during the oscars you mean glass onion yeah sorry glass onion uh a knives out mystery (laughs) a knives out mystery right so not a benoit blanc mystery as it should have been whatever so bizarre but um it was during the Oscars and Hugh Grant was on the red carpet and some interviewing, you know, some lady, I don't know, from one of these entertainment shows said, oh, Hugh Grant, you've had such a long career. You've worked with so many great folks. And this year you were in Glass Onion with uh, Daniel Craig. And how exciting was that to be in that movie? And he looks at her and he was just like, I was in it for like 40 seconds. And it's this long, awkward <laughs> because she just doesn't know she just thought he was just gonna go running with the bs question she was like he's like and he just stares at her and then he kind of puts his hands on like what and then she's like okay great and then she cuts off i'll have to find you the clip it's hilarious oh it sounds like my sympathetic embarrassment would have a hard time oh, with it he just can't um, be bothered and it's wonderful. i've read about this interaction but i never watched it for that reason yeah. uh but just watching like even clips with interviews that i consider like usually pretty good interviews yeah he seems like this close to be done with this crap um right so he was uh harrison ford like 10 years ago yeah harrison ford's come around and he seems to be like just enjoying it and kind of more like hey i can't believe i'm still alive this is great (laughs) and people still want me i've crashed so many airplanes yeah exactly (laughs) he's just waiting for Uh, somebody to say captain solo went down or captain went down solo yep the uh the so the interactions with hugh grant's character are funny Mm -hmm. he he plays the perfect like rogue you know yeah con man kind of thing is that what he is on his stat sheet is he actually a rogue yeah he's a rogue okay and um chris pine is a bard correct correct okay and they play fast and loose if you look at the stat sheets by the way which one of the interesting things that wizards of the coast did is they did put out stat blocks for all of the characters from the movie um all placing all of them at different cr levels and things like that and so for instance well uh zank Zank's character right from the stat blocks is much higher than the other characters right and uh so is Safina I believe Hugh Grant's character is right around the same so they're all like around level five or CR5 creatures okay yeah um and I think Zank is CR 10 10 sounds right I feel like we talked about this before and he was 10 and oh now I'm gonna want to pull it up but um and Safina Safina's higher than everybody Hugh Grant's a little higher than the party Mm mm-hmm and Zank is in between Hugh Grant and Sophina. Gotcha. But so the yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was just saying. So we were. I was just wanted to make sure we bring it back to Hugh Grant. So um, Holga, which I remember her name, but I cannot remember Chris Kilgore. <laughs> it's very D and D name. It's like I, I what I named my barbarian. Yeah. So, but they go to retrieve essentially their daughter they raised together. It's actually Chris Pine's Correct. daughter, but they really raised her 
platonically together. Exactly. Never a hint of romance. Never. Never even touches it. They don't even consider it. It's just nope. like these are just two buddies. And fa- and someone who said like your partner like no god yeah they're like <laughs> gross that's gross <laughs> you know um so they go to retrieve his daughter and they find out that um Forge Fitzwilliams by the way yes Forge Fitz- Hugh Grant's character that's right Forge. the names the names are great so Chris Pine plays Edgin Darvis yep. and they just call him Ed yeah you have Michelle Rodriguez as Holga Kilgore Rage Jean Page as Zank Yendar. I hate the name Zank, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Justice Smith is Simon Almar. Sophia Lillis is Doric. Yep. Just and Doric. Hugh Grant is Forge Fitzwilliams. Yeah. So Forge Fitzwilliams, before being imprisoned, we you know during Chris Pine's imprisonment, we find out that he was he was on a mission to create a to get a hold of a tablet of awakening to resurrect his dead wife. That he's responsible for getting killed from because he stole from the red wizards of Thay. Yes, because when he was a harper, so the whole he was thing is set up as Chris Pine was trying to do something to bring back his dead wife because he caused that after falling from grace. Mm-hmm. She gets killed. He tries to do the thing, but they are backstabbed by Forge Fitzwilliams, which you find out sort of in pieces. It's not really right. At first, they sort of do like, oh, he. He gives him the tablet and he runs away because they do the time time stops cool. Yeah, the time the stop, time was stop cool. where it's like a bubble that slowly expands. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Yeah, I dug that. And then um, so Forge has been raising um, the daughter, the daughter Ed Ed and Holga's kiddo there for mm-hmm. again not together. It's Kira, Kira for years. Yep. It, how long yes. were they in prison? Three, two years. Two years. So for the past two years now, you know Ed and Holga arrive assuming that Kira has gotten the real story about what happened, but she has been fed lies by Forge. Thus, we very quickly have been, yeah. we very quickly find out that Forge took advantage of the whole situation. Yeah. Um, and let's see. So then he turns on them. They, you know, he, his hospitality is he's not actually hospitable. Hospitable. Um, <laughs> and he's going to have them uh, beheaded. He's supposed to be turning yep. them over. And this is where we get a cameo from our baby rust monsters, because when they're being escorted to their point of execution, mm-hmm. there is a scene, they pass under an archway, and on the top of the archway is two baby rust monsters fighting over a lock or something. Oh, I guess I did see that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, is there a so, toy for it? Uh, yes. Oh, there is a cuddly toy for it? Okay. I'm, so pretty sure there, I'm pretty sure there is a toy for it. Got I it. could be wrong. There's a toy for just about everything. I don't, if you've seen the plush uh, gelatinous cube, it's adorable. <laughs> But it was fun. So, <laughs> yeah. But it is, and you know, then there's this, you know, of course, again, from we the get a trailer, good fight we scene. see the fight, the cool, it was a cool fight. It was a new yeah. fight. She gets a hold, give her a good quality axe out of prison, which was nice. Mm-hmm. So I misread the trailers that entire time when she pulls that thing out of the magma later and it's all melty. I thought she was getting a magic lava. The, axe. the trailer does make it seem like that for sure. And speaking of trailers, if you're a person who sat down to see this movie, I don't think I have ever seen a trailer that cuts the movie up more order wise i mean good yeah. grief like you could it jumps it all over all over the place it's almost like if you could recut the movie using the trailer's timeline it'd be a whole other movie they mm-hmm. they put the end in front of the beginning in front of the middle it, it's i've never seen that happen so it did make yeah. it a little mildly unpredictable because so often today in a minor trailer um they'll film parts just for the trailer and yep. so because things were going in such a weird order every once in a while i was like i was wondering if i'll actually see that one part like including I the gotta... fight i was like is that really in it or is it something they made for the trailer hmm. interesting so the that's where we get the entire conceit of the movie is going to be edgen putting together a team to break into um neverwinter and steal back his daughter yeah yep. that's the plan 
That is the plan. And in order, in order to do that, they need to... And so they gather up their party. They gather up Simon the Sorcerer, who lacks... The most, least charismatic sorcerer I've ever seen. Yes, he definitely um, lacks... He ultimately lacks confidence. Yes, he just lacks confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives, it gives, it's nice. It's like something easy you can do for the character to give them a small arc. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have uh, Doric, the druid, who can wild shape far more times than a druid should be able to wild shape, but who cares? Because that's what yeah. druids do. They wild shape. And you want people to see it and go, oh, that's cool. I can just zip in and out of different forms. And it also gives us the great payoff with the deer joke. Oh, yeah, that you was turn into actually a deer. Really yeah, good. or if you want to, you could turn into a deer. I know. That... So she did turn into a deer. <laughs> And it, got away. There was a lot of good setup and payoffs with jokes. Yeah. That's the one thing I said. The humor the humor was well developed. Like even mm-hmm. so from the beginning of the movie with Jonathan and jumping out the window to the end of the movie, jumping to the spoiling the end of the movie, jumping to the end and having um uh Forge trying to do the same thing and hitting the brick wall. Yeah, but they've and they've learned their lesson. Yeah. They learned their lesson. It, so you know, it was it was good. Um the so they get together their party, their sorcerer, their druid, and they are going to now sneak in. They spy on them. They see the thing with the the magic vault, which they're going yep. to use. Um, and then we get our uh, the only way to un- open that vault is with a special magic item. This this is the most D and D part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Our mission is to get into the place and get the girl. Well, in order to do that, we need to break into the vault. Now, why did they have to break into the vault? So this was you know this is just very movieish, but I believe the plan was somehow if they could get a hold of the tablet of awakening. Oh, that's right. They it's could, in the vault. They somehow they felt they could prove that to Kira. I assume by just bringing her mother back, so we can go see okay. see. All right. This is what I wanted, and this is what it does. And um, but it has the seal of Morden Canaan on it. Yep. And so we need we need we need a special magic item. So now it's the side quest. Yep. We need the special item, which leads us to the hysterical scene that was filmed, that was shot and shown on YouTube mm-hmm. in an extended, even funnier version of the yeah. Speak with Dead spell. The Speak with, and it was um, really great about how you know that got stretched out, and it was even funnier. Just just the constantly spreading it out the cutbacks to the different people dying which just yes. no i slipped in it i died when i hit my head on the tub oh you're um, looking oh i'm sven you're looking for ven oh, for my brother yeah, like, for christ's sake <laughs> um and so but that leads us ultimately ultimately leads us to my favorite part of the movie and i believe yours as well yeah when zank arrives right when zank arrives because when zank arrives the movie really takes off for me um, oh totally i mean it's it, it that's what i was saying in the part of the whole movie yeah that's what i was saying yeah. in the non-spoiler it was entertaining up to that point like all right i'm watching a movie but i'm like how does this come together but once zank gets there a lot of personalities solidify you know he's a he's played a, beautifully played beautifully yes was, and never came off as a joke no just never came off as insincere no i am here to do good and do the right thing and maybe that doesn't make me the most interesting that's fine you know i'm just a wise guy you know what i mean by interesting i mean he's not cracking jokes ever nope and in fact act, the jokes he cracks are in not cracking them right specifically referencing that he doesn't do that essentially i don't i find irony to be blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. um but he is a great character and again i just a, a, you know he didn't push into the lawful stupid paladins you sometimes see yeah they could have been really things. dumb with he it he was he was legitimately like a lawful good kind wise character who is completely sincere and i could see why everyone else is like no i kind of like him yeah you know i know we we kind of 
chit-chatted about it. Did we find out, is there a reason he may be longer lived? Because the that is the one thing oh, we couldn't make sense of. I, we couldn't make sense of. Okay, you talk so, while I look it up. So, listeners, one thing about Zenk is that what you end up finding out is that he has the MacGuffin helmet there, the... Um, I don't remember what the name of the helm was, uh, that ultimately they had been speaking to the dead. They had been trying to locate it. And when they're when they're speaking to the dead, they're, these dead bodies are pretty decomposed, pretty juicy. I know. Um, so I'm like, how long ago did this happen? I mean, Zenk looks exactly the same. He's just this, you know, handsome dude. Um, and when they finally do get to him, he looks the same. And I'm like, well, how long... How old is this guy? Because there, there's where some D&D muscles flex. So I'm like, well, he just looks like a human. So why isn't he aged? Is he blessed? Are the people of Thay different? I just wondered. Maybe I'm not supposed to think about it. Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of it probably falls in. You said you had read that he was originally supposed to be uh, Dritz. Dort. He was originally supposed... Yeah, the original draft of the script had him as... Uh, Dritz Dorden is that yeah. character. And then they decided not to do that. And again, I think that was a brilliant choice. Right, because in for numerous reasons, but I mean, save Dritz. I mean, if D&D takes off as a franchise, Dritz is your, you know, he's potentially your Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's your Batman. He's your kind of your marquee character for seriousness. That You would use Dritz to do a serious story, right. I would think. So, so here's the thing about Zank. Now, I am quoting from a Screen Rant article, so who the heck knows how accurate this is? But I guess the idea is supposed to be, you know how when he's a little kid running away from the spell being cast? Yes. Which is, by the way, supposed to be over 100 years ago. Okay. Um. So he's he's like well over 150. So did he touch the magic so enough? You remember how he was getting just out yes. and it just touched him and he got the little glowy rune on his forehead? Oh, okay. That evidently extended his lifespan. Okay, I can accept that. That's fine. So they never explain it, as far as I know, unless there's a line thrown away that I missed. Because again, my dialogue sounded like it was coming through the, you know, the cricket network. I mean, I didn't phones. catch it. I definitely wondered. I didn't. I didn't catch it, and I did wonder why everyone was kind of decomposing, and he's fine. Yeah, he looks unchanged. So who knows? But he lives a long time, so we're not crazy. It did seem like he should have been older, but he was not. It was also nice to make um, him associate with the Harpers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was a nice, again, circular back to Chris Pine's character. Yeah, it brings him back to seeing um, somebody who, you know, especially when you find out what his ultimate, you know, so we did we did jump over. So Chris Pine's wife was not only killed just because of his choices, it was because he double-crossed in a way. He stole from the Red Wizards of Thay. Right, and they had their treasure marked. And yeah, their treasure is all marked. To get you it can't back, just get away with it. Her. And and, in me- and we have the setup of no one can be killed, no one can be resurrected if they're killed by a a Morgo blade, a red wizard, a, Mor- a, a red wizard's blade, the Morgo blade. <laughs> so in there's what- no Glorfindel to help out. Yeah, exactly to make everything awesome. So what you end up with Zank is Zank is just a nice mirror to him. You know, here Zank actually stayed on the road, stayed on the right. righteous path. You know, and it's in his face, and he doesn't literally like it. a straight line. <laughs> that is hilarious <laughs> that is the best joke in the movie oh, in my opinion i would agree because it was so funny so, so we'll spoil it here in a minute <laughs> yeah so zank leads them uh again to go back to the dritz uh into the underdark into underdark where he has hidden the helmet and they're kind of like why did you put it there and he was like who'd go looking for it which I, I i'm fine with all that i think that's amusing i read a cool thing so they yeah they go through the underdark I, the underdark was presented very nice with the caves and the glowing moss yep. and the the hints of cities and things like that mm-hmm. down there 
and then we get to the bridge and we get the the, the joke of the you know oh it's very easy <laughs> it yes. takes you know seven seven steps and then you have to move either laterally or you know and, left or right until and, you reach the halfway move, and then you have to do it the other way and then you have to move the other direction <laughs> i i may have activated the mechanism <laughs> but that gives us the oh well we have to come back here for a second um before we go on this journey with Zank. Yeah. We do get the cameo, the the shameless cameo of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Holga goes back to her old ex husband to gather her things. Um, played by Bradley Cooper. Just what a sweet guy. <laughs> As a halfling. It's a very um, sweet guy. Because nice evidently guy. Holga has a type. Yes, and so does he. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that too. <laughs> because he upgraded as well. So <laughs> we have a prim and proper little gardening and- halfling. <laughs> Who's into barbarian women. So um, Holga sits down. You have Michelle Rodriguez and um, Bradley Cooper doing a really great job. Both of them. Doing a pretty good heartfelt scene. Yeah, a a heartfelt emotional moment with ridiculous circumstance visually. And I never never laughed at it. No. I never laughed at the scene. It did. Again, there's a sincerity to the things they wrote in this movie. They never make fun. They don't. You know how Big Bang Theory was accused well, I, of basically I, why i only watched the pilot i only watched the pilot of big bang theory it wasn't it didn't love geek culture it was making fun of geek culture totally yeah hundred. so it's like look how geeky we are by making fun of it yeah how can these this guys movie get never done? does that this movie never makes fun mm-hmm. of dungeons and dragons or gaming or the, the some of the the frankly silly elements of dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. havelings i think are kind of silly right you know, that's why they're hobbits. They're 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 just kind of goofy. Um, yeah, but um, the sincerity there was a great scene, and I love that they said when they wrote the scene they wanted a cameo, but they didn't want to make it just a throwaway goofy joke. They wanted it to be a gag. They wanted it to play like a real scene, and yeah. they did. Yep. And she gets his walking stick, which is of course why I said this. Yeah, because <laughs> we have our random magic item that's way too powerful for the party to have. Well, and I like his. Um... Going back to her ex-husband there, when his new girlfriend walks in, she looks like she's like giant, like literally mm-hmm. part giant. She's She seems bigger than And Holka. she's also, there's no, and again, let's talk about cool things that aren't in the movie. There's no like side-eyeing Michelle Rodriguez's character. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. no like accusatory, what's going on here? Yeah. No, let me explain. None of that. She's like, I got to go like, wash oh, I've heard a lot about you. blood off my hands or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, and then Holga asks him if he's happy and he goes... I don't go to sleep crying every night or something like that. He's like I know. completely serious. She's like, good, I'm glad. And then she gets out and she's like, I'm going to show him he, what he lost and all this. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but but one of the things that she does gather, she does gather a walking stick, which as the sorcerer collapses the bridge and leaves them stranded, he, of course, at that moment, Finds discovers out that, that the hither, thither. <laughs> the hither, thither stick, which I don't think is a real thing. Oh, it's fun though. It's a real thing now. It's yeah. a portal gun. Yeah, it's a portal. It's gun. a portal gun staff, um, which they then continue to abuse for the rest of the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, so we have the portal staff where they're able to get to the helmet yeah. that they are looking for. Um, someone pointed out that the, the it was like in that black sandish looking stuff. Mm-hmm. It was probably lead filings. Okay, uh, Why which prevent it from being scryed on. Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can't scry through lead. What was the helm again? It's the helm of uh, it w- disruption. <laughs> Dis- it is the helm of. I want to say it's disruption, but that's the helm of me going into the plot synopsis to find it. Um, helm of disjunction. Dis. 
Junction. That's right. Um, yes. And then, of course, this is the most have. I think this. I think the helm also reaches to the most D and D rules specific reference. And that oh, yeah. I need to. I attune have to attune it. it. Like that was the nerdiest part for sure. And to yeah. me, like because it becomes the, a huge plot point. That he didn't Simon just go. I attune, attune it. <laughs> he just yeah. He just, like had to work at thing. it. Like it's a he used real it thing. to set up his attention to ratcheting device, and he definitely worked at it more than any uh, um, characters in any actual game did. Are you tuned to right. it? Yeah, I'm attuned to it. They made it a whole plot point. Um, yeah. but they get the helm. Looks like they're home free, but of course and they get they attacked are by some Thans, and yep, then we get some... to see Zank. I've got this, yeah. and he does. And he does. He totally it's a does. joy he, watching him fight. It's a great fight scene, too. Yeah, it was really And good. by the way, I was right. So the bad guy, the final one-on-one, he casts Green Flame Blade, and Zank casts Magic Weapon. Oh, it is Magic Weapon. Okay, because I didn't know if it was... I was really, of course, I know you were thinking the same thing. I was like, is he going to smite something? Like, I want to see them represent a divine uh, They smite. didn't do that, though. Next movie. They didn't. In the sequel, <sighs> Hasbro, we need Wouldn't to see Wouldn't that be cool? Zank like, the final blow, the, everything lights up, and he smashes him and destroys him? Yeah. That was a smite. That would have been really cool. But again, it just reinforces my personal belief that paladins are the best thing in the world. Yeah. I love paladins. I, They're the best part of the game. I do love divine smiting. Yes. Um, so they get their helm. Yes. They get out. They then proceed to form their thiefy plan. Well, we right? did jump over a very large, amusing part. Oh, the walk away? The giant, fat, oh, overweight I forgot about the dragon. dragon that comes out of the... <laughs> Thumber Shard. Thumber Shard. What was it? Is from, he... He's, I think he's from Tyranny, Tyranny of Dragons. Dragons. That, what, he's, what... he's an actual established character. He has an entry on the Forgotten Realms. What wiki. was the comment? Um... Thumbershard must have made a new lair here. What did he do? Did he eat, eat the, the last one? Last one. So yeah, and I love that he's just this. Yeah, it they was. Do played, have a it was, zany chase uh, having to do with the hither thither stick again because they yep. need to get up high because uh, Thumbershard literally almost doesn't chase them. He depends on just kind of momentum rolling, rolling around direction. Um, he can't get a deep enough breath apparently to start a flame for his and fire. Not a big one anyway. Yeah, so he does like once. Yeah, well, he doesn't even. It's because lava is falling between him and them. Oh, really? Yeah, so when he's doing it, he's going... But as he's following down, it's because there's a drip of lava that's following, and that's what's igniting. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that was what was igniting what was coming out of him. Um, but that led to another really funny gag, because earlier in the movie, we see Simon do the create fire like cantrip out of his finger. Yep. Um, and they're basically cornered by Thumbershark. And he's trying to breathe fire on him, and he can't. So Chris Pine gets the idea, and they drop down in the water. Simon sticks his finger up, and it's literally like he's got a lighter, and it creates this huge explosion that clearly must blow them through the ceiling or something. Here, should I be pedantic? Okay. Is it not the right? I was just picking the cantrip. I just assumed it was. No, let's see. I No, I, no, 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 no. Um, let's see here. I mean, it was definitely a cantrip. Produce right? flame. It's a cantrip. It is a cantrip. Um. Oh yeah, no, that's definitely produced flame. It's it's a cantrip. But here's my pedantic mm-hmm. comment: He can't cast it while he's underwater. Is it? Ver- he can't cast it while his head's underwater. Is it verbal? It has a verbal component. Is there? I mean, can some sorcerers have a way of not needing that? Like having a different? Unless he silent spelled it. Unless he has maybe like I don't know. Focus? I have not done. I've not deeply dived into sorcerers and my playing and jamming of fifth edition. So well, anyway, it worked and it was pretty pretty amusing. It was pretty fun, and then that does lead us to them washing up on the beach, get having their stuff, 
Mm-hmm. And we get our paladin walking away gag, which is the best gag in the entire movie. Yeah, he says, I'm out of here. And they're all like, where are you going? You're better at this than us. He's like, no, this is your journey. I love someone saying that this is the DMPC. This is the character he dropped in to yeah. help them out, get them where they needed to go and give them their quest and leave. And he's perfect. And, and he does. Like, he's he's look at him. He's even line. walking away in a straight line. Well, the, oh, no, there's a rock in the way. What are you going to do? Oh, he's going to walk straight up and over it. God, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> he does too. And it's so funny. <laughs> So best joke in the movie. Yeah. So now they have their they have their helm. They have their helm. And all we, we need to do is wacky. Simon just needs to attune it. No sweat. Yes. Easy so peasy. the the Simon attuning again. We get the thing that basically Simon can't Simon only functions magically with proficiency when he is in direct fear of dying. Right. Yep. He the is, minute he stops worrying and because he's worrying so much about dying he then reflexively becomes a pretty competent spellcaster yes and i like that it was it's a fun idea that he's a sorcerer descendant of a wizard of a wizard uh bloodline thought that was weird yeah exactly you know and it's specifically referenced and you can see that it almost implies that at least some of his lack of self-confidence must come out of that like why am i not a great wizard like you know there's i'm just again it's a self-esteem it's always self-esteem with simon that's a big yeah exactly um, um, but he can't attune it. So the plan has been attune, attune, attune. But he basically is just like, I can't do this. And they have their team falling apart moment. You know, yep, the you third knew I drop. couldn't do this. You know, wait, you knew blah, blah, blah. They did And then the, they have their rally. Yeah. And then they have their rally. They come back and they come up with a really fun plan to get into the vault. Yep. And it involves portaling and a portrait and a whole bunch of hijinks ensue. Um, for the purposes of time, yes. we can jump kind of like skip the so we get the thing we we discover that the the um the the treasure vault actually doesn't have treasure in it because spoiler simon does attune the helmet at the last possible second mm-hmm. by punching his grand great grandfather in the face yes. while trying to attune it because his great grandfather keeps, keeps appearing to him in the attunement void yes and basically it's... talking shit to him and won't let him and he finally is just like would you shut up and he punches him then it turns into simon it's like about time like, and now simon yeah. from the rest on is now a competent sorcerer Mm-hmm. A very we did get the, the fun gag of Chris Pine's loot illusion melting. Oh, which was yeah, yeah, great, great, great moment. Yeah, the great gag. By loot, we mean also L-E-T. really horrific. Yes, but super um, amusing to watch. And so we the they their plan executes actually fairly well, but at the last second, of course, they are captured by the bad guys. They are put into the I will say arena real quick, where the, I did like oh, the amusing point where the painting that they were using with the portal had been had fallen face down. Oh, <laughs> so and they couldn't. Their whole plan. She's like trying to bend it up, and then she's going to turn into a worm, and that was amusing. Yeah, um, they end up having to compete in the arena, which was built forge. Yep, yep, and they are of course squaring off against a, two other parties. One of them a random party. The other one would be, of course, be the live action recreation of the 1980s cartoon characters. Yep, which and this viewing did have one missed opportunity. So when we follow the 80s D&D gang and when the barbarian, the short little barbarian who is Bobby from the cartoon. Yeah, they said he was a nine-year-old barbarian in the cartoon, but they just kind of played fast and loose with the nine-year-old part. Which is totally understandable, but... The 80s kid in me finds it egregious that when he opened up the uh, treasure chest, he finds an axe and he should have found a club because Bobby oh. wielded a club. I'm like, come on, guys, you oh. went this far. Give him the dang club. It's just, just a, you know, very, very, very. Is, is that pedantic? I don't know. But either way. That's, yeah, I, I did not know that. So, yes, I will consider it pedantic. Yes, he was armed. With a, he was sir. always armed with a club. And I was just like, that's that would have been better. Now, um, 
our friend Prodwolf uh, wondered if the other party was based loosely around like the Icewind Dale gang. I didn't get a good look at them, but we can. I'll definitely. I mean, there's definitely a dwarf. Was that supposed to be Bruner? You know, he just yeah. wondered if it was a if it was just a random team or if well, it was representative. Wouldn't he have like metal hands or something, or am I thinking of the wrong character? I didn't read a lot of the Forgotten Realms novels. I, I Dragonlance only kid. read like seven of those. Okay, I read the original Icewind Dale trilogy, then the Homecoming trilogy, which is really the best one. Um, so we have them captured. They compete in the arena against a displacer beast, a gelatinous cube, a mimic. That scene that's very popularly shown in the trailers. Mm-hmm. I love that they're playing on a five foot by five foot grid. Yes. <laughs> and um, they use their brains and they do all the, the escaping and that leads us to our final big showdown between the party and Sophina. Though it, it so, is also worth quick noting that they, they were able to get away scot-free. They were going to make it. Yep. They got Kira one over. They saw through everything and they were ready to go, but then they had to go big da- be big damn heroes. Yes, exactly, because Sophina was about to turn the entirety of the city of Neverwinter into zombies. Yep, into a zombie So they army. go back to stop her. Um, they deliver all of the treasure to the people to get them out of the arena. Which so is what... Which is Fulfilling earlier. what Zank said. Yeah. Yep, Ed promises Zank that he'll do that. And the way he does it is fun. Um, that's how uh, everybody goes running out for money. No one will, more I think that's why. Yeah, that's why it yeah, clears so Yeah, more shenanigans with the hither-thither stick yes. and a very, very fast evacuation of an arena, but that's yes. okay. Well, it's money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> People are running for the money. Our final showdown between Sophina and the party is real fun. And, yeah. you know, it made me think about something. I So here, when I read Dragonlance novels as a kid, that was my introduction to D&D. Yeah. Was I read a Dragonlance novel before I ever played D&D, and mm-hmm. I love Dragonlance novels. And then I was like, oh, this is Dungeons & Dragons. Let's buy Dungeons & Dragons books. And I always remember that in the Dragonlance Chronicles book, uh, Raceland Magier casts the sleep spell mm-hmm. several times in the first book. Yeah. Because he's a low-level wizard in that first book. Yeah. He casts sleep. And, he always, and, and when Margaret Rice and Tracy Hickman wrote it, they wrote out... There's a, a funky thing they did where sometimes they would write in other languages. Sometimes they'd write in English and say they were speaking in other languages. In their annotated version, they talk about how they wish they had like come up with a more cohesive way of doing it. Yeah. But they kind of jump around a little bit. But I, I still to this day remember that he goes, it's Astasarak Sinurelon Krinawi. Oh. And wow. that's the spell that they write in the book that he casts to cast sleep. So that when I think of verbal components, that's what I think of. I think of Astasarak Sinurelon Krinawi. Oh, okay. You know? That's funny. <laughs> that's but then in a fight with a wizard, that's real slow. Yeah. That's real slow. So I've come to now to the conclusion that wizard verbal components are more like the rune, uh, the words in the Witcher games mm-hmm. where you just say, ard. <laughs> They're like one or two syllable verbal components. They go like, kadash, and it does something. Right. Which because otherwise you sense. couldn't be casting spells that fast. Well, I mean, even Harry Potter. I mean, they're, those are pretty Well, they just didn't quick. even say anything. They're just like, they be, they well, turn I mean, them, they, they turn the wands and ray guns. And all that stuff. They were usually one yeah. word things. Mm-hmm. Um, rituals Rapero. would probably be more words, right? Sure. You would sure. have to say yeah. a lot. The long form. So maybe as Simon's dropping down, he sticks his hand up and he says, you know, fire. And drops under and his hand's yeah. above the thing and go. his head goes under. Of course, that's not how they show it, but still. Yeah. Um, but I loved the fight with Sophina. Lots of spells, like lots of identifiable spells. Oh, being yeah. The magic around. missile magic was missile. in that one. There was definitely um, some uh, shield spells. There was, uh, it, she animated a statue. Um, what were the two hands? What were. Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure that one was Bigby's crushing hand and the other was Stonefist. Oh, okay. Stonefist. No, maybe not. Because that was fun. 
and um all this battle eventually leads one of them was definitely a big oh but we did also well, we got uh um grasping tentacles mm-hmm. yep. Navard's grasping tentacles was fun that was cool um, um so lots of cool spells being visualized and again not in a oh my gosh you cast magic missile it was right. just like they just did it yeah it just was there they just did it which just so. makes it more fun eventually um and then that all leads to her being defeated through all of a sudden they have like this little like quick oceans 11 moment where you think kira has the daughter kira has always had this invisible uh locket since earlier it's well established mm-hmm. that she has it and she shows up and you know uh cuts off safina's power right unexpectedly and, and our sorcerer actually successfully counterspells her time stop Oh, that's right. And everybody acted like it was. He said, I'm better. I've been practicing. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Um, but then uh, Holga, of course, gets injured with a red yeah, blade. With That we've established screenwriting 101 in the very first scene that mm-hmm. you can't be resurrected without, but unless you've got a the tablet, tablet of awakening. Of, of awakening oh, but quick, which they now have. Yes. Yeah, so also, and it. You know, so I will say of all the characters, Dork doesn't get a lot of attention. Dork is cool, no. but character-wise, they're just like, she. she's just here her to be arc cool. Is, her arc is definitely the smallest. Yeah, I hers is definitely there to be cool, but she has that great moment. Like, we were just waiting until we could we could let Dork do this, and then she turned into the bugbear and just pummels the bejesus out of Sophia. Yeah. Throws her very all Well, that was definitely the, the Hulk-Loki moment. Yeah, it's very, very Hulk-Loki moment. Though... One thing was what that I did think that they added in there was like you thought she was done, and then she just has this <laughs> insane, desperate bugbear face as she continues to pummel and then throws her across the thing, and then she's done. You know, <laughs> it's very amusing. So, um, but Holga has been injured and is mortally so. Yeah. So there's a great line earlier in the thing where Ed apologizes to a daughter, his daughter, and he says, "I thought um, I was doing all this to bring your mom back." Right. And what I really what I realized is I was doing it to bring my wife back. Right. And that's his definitely his It's arc. a great line. Yep. What a great line. Yeah. Big difference. Because she never knew her mom. Yeah. But and she we also did have know this whole like is what you find. And we have the scene with the flashback with the mom with the firefly where she's like, sometimes you just have to let it go. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it was, it was, what is it? Some is it Zank that says or someone that says to Zank Ed, says like, there are many pla- there is a point when Zank says to Ed, there are many places you go when you die. Um, are you sure you want to bring her back from where she is? Yeah, you don't know. You know, you, you could be bringing her out of heaven. This is the Buffy argument. To this me. could be Buffy, yeah. right? You could be heaven. Yeah, you could be yanking heaven. her out of paradise. Paradise for you. Um, How selfish. So Holga dies. Yep. And, and he and in that moment, instead of bringing his wife back, he looks at he his daughter to bring. Ba- he brings back her mom. Yep. And Kira looks exactly. And Kira looks and says absolutely. <laughs> and then Holga's like, "You wasted this on me." You know, but then yeah. she's grateful and they just hug and you just know they're going to, you know, they just go back to being a nice little platonic happy family. Yeah. Even though she does eyeball that halfling that gives her the medal yes. pretty hard. <laughs> That's really funny. She like bites her lip. That's the, just like, this, <laughs> like, you know, she just, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely some heavy breathing when she sees that little man there yeah, in front of him. It's very amusing. And uh, they, they get their, you know, it's like there's little allusions to all bunch of famous movies. You get your metal scene at the end, your Star yeah. Wars, you've got your Hulk Loki moment. You've, it's just a lot of cool stuff. And I always like, and, and this is just the thing too, I like that they bring it back that the the, um, the epilogue ends up being Forge's attempt. It's part, you know, it's him. Look at all the it's good Forge. that came out of me being a piece of crap. You know, it's him trying to get Pearl. Jonathan! <laughs> Jonathan! And then he craps him tries to jump out the window that is now bricked up a brick wall and we do get the uh, one stinger tia scene mid credits yep 
with one of the corpses they left on the last question unanswered. And he's just sitting there waiting for someone to ask him a question so he can die again. <laughs> so he can go back. Someone going to ask me a question. I don't want to ask me a question. No. It's so funny. So, yeah, that's our spoiler review. Again, just uh, barrels of fun. Barrels yeah, of fun. Absolutely. Tons of fun to watch. Don't um, be a pedantic human. Just go and enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, what just, is it? I had seen somebody did a Watch it with your friends. That'll be the best. Yeah, I had seen a video years ago. I think I, I referenced it a lot sometimes. And, and the video overall, the the way they put it is they were just, uh, shut up and eat, you're awesome. Just go and exactly. enjoy it. Like, you know, this isn't Shakespeare. They didn't say it was going to be the greatest film ever made. That was never the intention, I don't think. It was just fun and entertaining. And you can turn your brain. I mean, it was really, really good escapism. Really good. Because for the, mm-hmm. the two hours and 14 minute, whatever runtime that you're in there, you're in there. I'm not thinking of... yeah. You know, did I leave the stove on? It's not, it engages you, but it doesn't exhaust you. I'm going to, I'm going to get the soundtrack. I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray when it comes out. Yeah. It was a really, really fun. I'm going to go see it a couple times in the theater. As of right now, it's done really well. It had like a $82 million opening. No. Yeah. You know, and Super Mario Brothers came in and it's clean in house, which is to be expected because I. Sure. I mean, it's But even though I've heard it's not very good. Yeah. I Um, I heard it kind of meanders. However, I guess as long as we're quick talking about movies, I'm just going to throw out that I've probably watched that Indiana Jones trailer like 20 times. Like I'm really, (laughs) I'm really set up. I could be potentially very disappointed, but I really, really want that movie to work. I want that movie to work too. And I'm hoping it does. Give them hell, Indiana Jones. Yeah. But that wraps up at about an hour. That wraps up, I think, our non-spoiler and spoiler review of D&D Honor Among Thieves. I hope you all go see it. I hope there's a sequel. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, And I hope that whatever other things spin out of this property, because again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I really feel it was unmessed around with. And I hope that that continues. You know, like yeah. wh- whatever other things they want have to some do. Faith in, have some faith in the property. Have some faith in the fan base. Yeah. Let somebody, you know, if you want to do a Dritz trilogy, let the, the filmmaker who comes to you saying, I've got this really great idea and look at what he does and just let him do it. Let him do it. You know, yeah. um, you know, correct as needed, but don't, don't shoehorn things in. Don't say we need to do this because this was just don't a lot of Don't tell them they need a cuddly sidekick. Exactly. Just leave it the way it is. Yeah. But all right. Well, everyone, normally I would say we, uh, you know, well, and but that is, that is this is all the time we have for yeah, today. So we thank you for listening and supporting the show. So for more information or to peruse uh, any of our creations that we've made, even though we didn't make any creations this, yeah, we this particular not. episode, yeah. um, you can visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. All spelled out. All spelled out. Oh, you are. And you can like, follow, or message us on Twitter or Instagram. And please don't forget to um, rate the podcast in your podcast podcast player of choice, please. Yeah, because we're you. we're on all of them now. So we're on every single one you could possibly think that of. I can think of. Um, so hey, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, and thank you, listeners at home. And we look forward to creating more with, with you. you.